Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. There is an old saying, and it goes, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So we uh, we failed at the first attempt to get this show on the air. Uh, it's been a while since we've been on, and the technology sometimes plays wonky games with us. So it didn't really work the first time we came on. You couldn't hear me. So I, I fixed a microphone problem, so now you could hear me. And I am here on the air with you. We are live on a Sunday night. You can feel free to call in. Numbers to call, one 669 1292 That's one 877 Six six nine one two nine two. You know, live live broadcasting is is always great. It's a lot of fun when the technology lets you do it. That's that's when it's a lot of fun. So um, so I'm I'm glad to, I'm glad to be here. It's been a while since I've been on the air with you, and I'm so happy to be back. Uh, I'm not sure. Once again, I'll, I'll I'll just put this right out there. I'm not sure how many shows a week I'll be able to do. Uh, the intention is to do a show every single night. It may not actually happen. I am going to try, uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, uh, circumstances get in the way. Uh, I, I've had this nagging medical problem for a while, uh, trying to get to the bottom of it, but uh, it's taking time. And so, until this is this is this is resolved, uh, a little bit here, a little bit there, I'll do the shows when I can. Uh, so just bear with me, and uh, and we'll get the uh, shows done. We'll we'll be here with you. Uh, I, I invite you to join me in conversation. Number to call one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Number to call. Get in on a conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. And like I said, we'll we'll do shows when we can, as 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 much as we can. Um, so just bear with us, and uh, you know I'll be on. I'll be on when I can. So we are um, we are rapidly approaching the the Yom HaShoah, the Holocaust Remembrance Day, and then uh, Yom HaZikaron, the Remembrance Day for uh, Israeli soldiers, and then Yom HaTzmut, the commemoration for the founding of the State of Israel. It all comes up in quick progression, one week followed by another week, and. Um, and and it just gives us time to to sit back for a second and reflect on on where we are right now. Uh, reflect on the fact that uh, that that the anti-Jewish attitude that existed in the 1930s before the Holocaust hasn't really disappeared. Now I've made this point a lot, and, uh, and a lot of people have looked at me like I'm totally insane when I say this, and and perhaps I am. It's quite possible that I'm completely insane when I make these statements. But I don't believe that when an entire nation, in fact, an entire continent, is convinced that certain people are subhuman, and so subhuman that they could be killed in ovens, they could be, they could be gassed and, and burned, uh, that that disappears very quickly, that, that that sediment doesn't get passed on from generation to generation. I find it very hard to believe that the second Hitler was defeated, all hatred, all anti-Jewism that existed in Europe just, just vanished. It doesn't work that way. Human psyche doesn't work that way. These people were brainwashed 
And not only were they brainwashed, but they were brainwashed uh, enough to allow their friends and their family to be murdered in front of them. They, they were brainwashed enough to murder people, to, to kill people, to agree to a mass genocide. That doesn't, that sentiment, that, that kind of thing doesn't disappear so quick. And so here we are almost 100 years later, we're, you know, 70 odd years later. And I think that sentiment still exists and exists not only in Europe, but exists in many, many different parts of the world. Just a couple of weeks ago, a synagogue in Montreal, a 105-year-old synagogue, 108-year-old synagogue in Montreal was desecrated with swastikas. Swastika was the, was the symbolism of Nazism. Now, if Nazism had disappeared when Nazism was destroyed, when the Allies defeated the Nazis, why would we still see swastikas painted on buildings? Because the sediment hasn't disappeared. Because the idea that Jews are subhuman still exists, and we see it every single day. Just take a look what happened last week. I'll talk about the Canadian government, because the Canadian government really did this last week, and this, this is what happened. Uh, just before Passover, a group of Arabs decided that they were going to attack Jews during Passover prayers at the Kotel, at the Wailing Wall, at the Western Wall in Jerusalem. So what they do, they, they collected their rocks and their, and their weapons and whatever they wanted to throw onto the heads of Jews with the intention, the clear intention of hurting Jews or destroying Jews or killing Jews during their prayer service. And they, they, they shoved it all into the mosque on the Temple Mount, the Alaska Mosque on the Temple Mount. And then they went into the mosque, they barricaded the doors, and they, and they decided to stay the night so that next morning at 6 in the morning when the Jews started showing up to pray at the Western Wall, they would be able to haul their goods out and lob them over the wall and injure as many Jews as possible during uh, morning prayers. Now, Passover prayers at the, at the Western Wall, you could imagine, ha have a lot of people. And so the more rocks that fall on the heads of these people, the more damage and the more hurt that, uh, that could be done, inflicted on, on Jews. And so uh, these people hold up in the, uh, in the mosque, um, and, and then they were ready to go and kill Jews. This, is, this was their intention, to kill Jews. But the Israeli government got wind of it. And so the Israeli government sent their army in to, to the Temple Mount to remove these terrorists who were planning on killing Jews to remove the terrorists from the mosque. This was the sole intention of the, of the, um, of the soldiers going into, uh, going into the mosque was to remove the terrorists from killing Jews, just to stop them from killing Jews on Passover morning. Enough Jewish blood has been shed in Israel that they didn't need more blood shed on Passover morning. Right, amazing. So the Israeli soldiers did what they were supposed to do. They went in to protect their citizenship. They removed a threat, a terroristic threat, against their citizenship. And they protected Jews and protected Jewish life. The Canadian government of, uh, of um, Justin Trudeau decided that a condemnation of Israel was appropriate at that point. That Israel, and they, they misrepresented they miss, uh, they miss, um, re this. They said that Israel stopped people from praying at Alaska Mosque. That Israel went and, and, and ripped out worshippers from the mosque. 
well, if they were worshipping rocks, perhaps, if they were worshipping the, the murder of Jews, perhaps, this was what was in the mosque at the time. But, but the Canadian government condemned Israel for their actions. So Israel was condemned by the Canadian government for protecting Jews and said that they, they, they insist on Israel keeps the status quo on the Temple Mount and that there should be no more Israeli aggression on the Mount. And then a liberal MP said, oh, these Canadian government didn't go far enough and we should have condemned Israel even more than that. Condemning Israel for protecting Jewish life. This is where we're at. This is where we're at on the eve of Yom HaShoah. The next day, a day later, a family was traveling on vacation uh, to, go to, uh, to go to vacation for the holidays. And one of the cars, they were traveling in two cars, and one car was shot up, the D family. One car was shot up, and the two daughters, a 15-year-old and a 20-year-old, and a wife, were murdered. And the Canadian government did not condemn the terror attack. Nobody cared about the Jewish life. Sure, the condemnation came quickly and abruptly and quickly. The condemnation came when Arabs were pulled out of Alaska Mosque because they planned to kill Jews at the the Western Wall on Passover morning. But zero condemnation about the terror attack that murdered a woman, a wife, a mother, and her two daughters Not a word from the Canadian government. Quick to attack, saving Jewish life. Quick to ignore Jewish life taken. And it's not only the Canadian government. Uh, It's not only the government of Justin Trudeau. It's the governments everywhere. There were hardly any governments that spoke out against this terror attack. The United Nations did not have an emergency security council meeting like they did like they do uh, constantly when, when one Arab is injured in, in, a, um, in, a, in, a, in a scuffle with an Israeli soldier. No condemnations from the UN, no condemnations from anyone. A woman and her two daughters snuffed out because they were driving down a highway, an Israeli highway, going on vacation. Snuffed out because they were Jewish. We're on the eve of Holocaust Remembrance Day. We're going to get up at ceremonies around the world. And we're going to yell never again. And we're going to give out impassioned speeches that the Nazis went and they destroyed the Jewish people. The Nazis went and the oppression and the gas chambers and the concentration camps. We'll hear all about them at all these different Holocaust memorial ceremonies. And then at every single Holocaust memorial ceremony, the the term never again will be used. Never again will we stand by while people are being oppressed. Never again will we stand by and and, and watch as people are being killed indiscriminately because of their race, religion, or culture. We'll hear it over and over again, speaker after speaker, ceremony after ceremony. Never again. Yet we sit quietly. The federations of the world, the, 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 the Jewish organizations of the world, the organizations that are paid to, 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 to seek out and find anti-Jewism anywhere, anywhere they could find it, because that's where their lifeblood is, that's where their money is. These organizations sit quietly as Jews are murdered in the Holy Land. 
Never again. What does that mean? It's an empty term. What does it mean to say never again when we sit by and we see and we watch as Jews are still being killed indiscriminately simply because they're Jews? Never again is an empty term. When even in a Jewish state, even in a state run by Jews, Jews are being murdered in the streets. How can we yell never again? We're allowing it to happen again. We're allowing an organization whose stated goal is the annihilation of the Jewish people, not the annihilation of the Israelis, the annihilation of the Jewish people, to be our, to be our, our peace partners, whatever that means. What does that mean? What does never again mean? We allow our leaders, our Jewish leaders, and our, our, and, our, and our cultural leaders, and our Israeli leaders, and the leaders of our North American, our North American Jewish communities to go and shake hands with criminals, with, with murderers, with people with blood on their hands, people who murder Jews, to go and sit with them and discuss with them, and discuss and, and, and organize ceasefires. Okay, you stop killing Jews and then we will, uh, we will, we will stop um, you know, uh, living. I don't know. I don't know what kind of discussions could be happening at these meetings. I don't know how you could negotiate the end of the murder of Jews. In my opinion, there should be no negotiation. If you're going to murder Jews, then we are going to defend ourselves and the story. Why are we apologizing for that? Uh, if the Canadian government wants to condemn the Israeli government for, for saving Jews and for protecting the Jewish population, good for them. The Jewish population should stop voting for the liberal government. They should stop voting for the liberals. But we know that's never going to happen. We know that's not going to happen because we know historically the Jewish community votes for the liberals. No matter how good or bad or indifferent the liberals have been to the Jewish community, Jewish community nonstop votes for the liberals. Same way in the States, the Jewish community votes for the Democrats, even though the Democrats do nothing to help the Jewish community, nothing to help the state of Israel. But somehow, the Jewish community votes Democrat. We're self-defeatist. We, we, we don't know when to save ourselves. Now, I, I've spoken about this for years, and this has been a, a constant battle on the show, where I've always said that you know Jews suffer from survivor's guilt over the Holocaust. And it's, it's really a strange thing to suffer from. But, but every indication over the course of the last 70 years shows that Jews suffer from survivor's guilt. We suffer from a, 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 sort, of, a sort of guilt that we survived the Holocaust. Think about it for a second. Have you ever walked into a Holocaust museum? And, uh, and look, I, I believe in education. I think that we should be educating our children on what happened. We should be telling our children, this should be part of our, our, our national discussion, that we were murdered in, uh, we were murdered in uh, the same way we talk about being slaves in Egypt, we should talk about being murdered in Europe. This should be part of our national discussion and should perpetually be part of our national discussion. We should never stop talking about the murders of Jews in Europe. But have you ever walked into a Holocaust museum? When you walk into a Holocaust museum and you walk through the displays 
and as important as some of these displays are to show the evil of Nazism, the attitude, the, the angle that's taken in the Holocaust museums is completely wrong. You see, if we depict the Jewish people as the losers in the Holocaust, then it's hard to motivate the Jewish people to stand up for themselves outside of the context of, of Holocaust. So, so if we're always the losers and we're always the downtrodden, we're always the ones who are beaten up and you know, always the ones who are oppressed and always the, the most oppressed people in the world, the ones who are thrown into gas chambers, if we're those, if we're those people, then it's very hard to tell people, hey, you know, we should stand up for ourselves and we should defend our community. No, we shouldn't. We should be hiding and we should be uh, crawled up into a, into a space, put ashes on our heads, and we should be mourning for the rest of our lives. But the truth of the matter is that we survived the Holocaust, that we won. The Jews are still here. I'm here. You're here. The Jewish community is here. The state of Israel is here. Jews are still around. The Nazis aren't. So the Jews won the Holocaust. We, we beat the Nazis. Now, we had some help from some friends. That's fine. And even if they didn't mean to help the Jews, but they just meant to help the war effort, whatever. Jews won. We beat the Nazis. We are around. The Nazis' goal was to destroy the Jewish population, to annihilate the Jews, a, um, to, to eliminate us, to exterminate the Jewish race. The Jewish race is still around. We won. Yet we always depict ourselves as losers. We always depict ourselves as piles of bodies being moved around by bulldozers. We never depict ourselves as the winners. We never frame it as we are the winners. Oh, we lost a lot. It cost us a lot to win. And sometimes that happens. You have to pay a big price to win. But we won. We're here. We should be proud of the win. We should be proud of our existence. We shouldn't be hiding in fortresses uh, with security guards and moats built around our buildings. Because once we do that, once we have to hide in fortresses, once we have to be afraid every time we walk outside on the street, once we have to be afraid to, to stand in a Jewish building, once we have to have 500 security guards and armed guards and dogs and, and, and locks and special windows and special bars and... And, and, and bull-offs, once we have to lock all our buildings down, then we haven't won. We've lost. And we've lost big time. Once we have to spend billions of dollars across the world protecting Jewish buildings, when we look at churches and we look at mosques and, and they have unlocked doors 24 hours a day. But a Jewish building you can't walk into unless you go through three security checks and a metal detector. Once we realize this, we realize we've lost. Then what about never again? Never again are we going to allow this to happen to us, but yet we're allowing it to happen. Oh, we're defending ourselves this time, I'm told. We have security guards. We have, we have, uh, we have procedures, security procedures. We're, 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 we're saving ourselves. Are we really? Are we really? It's, 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 it's shocking to me that people believe that we're a free people, that the Jews are a free people. We're the only people living in North America who aren't free. California wants to pay reparations 400 years after slavery to people who were never slaves. And we're sitting in locked rooms 
for Saturday morning services. We're sitting in rooms that are buckled up with four security guards and, 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 and locked doors. Who's the free people? We fought, we won, and yet we're still being oppressed. How is this possible? How is it possible that this is still happening? It's a question I'm asking. I, I don't have an answer to this. Unfortunately, I have no answer. But how is it possible? Why are we allowing this to happen? Why would we not fight back? Why is it that every Jew that gets up and is a strong Jew, every Jew that gets up and says, I will physically defend the Jewish population, every Jew that gets up and says, I will put my name forward, I will put my reputation on the line, I will put myself on the line to protect the Jews, every single one that gets up and says that is labeled a radical, is labeled a racist, is labeled a Nazi. Is degraded by the Jewish community. You know, not long ago, not long ago, we, we celebrated Purim. Purim was a celebration of people who got up and said, no, I'm not bowing to you. I'm a Jew and I don't do that. Yet we don't learn the lessons of Purim. We don't learn the lessons of Hanukkah. You want to take my land? We're going to fight you for it. And we're going to win, and we're going to reconquer the land, and we're going to reclaim our land. And we don't care what you have to say about it. We don't care. It's not my concern what you think. This should be the national attitude of Jewish people. But it's not. We're divided, and, and we're divided for no reason. And our division is causing us to be weak. And the weaker we get the more advantage our haters will take upon us. More advantages they'll take of us. It's, 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 it's 100% true. Think about it. The, the liberal government condemned Israel for pulling terrorists out of the mosque. Terrorists who stated claim, they were very clear about it, their stated claim was to attack Jews on Passover morning. And the Canadian government condemned the Israeli government for removing this terrorist threat. And the Jewish community? The Jews of Canada? What did they do? Nothing. Nothing, not a word. It was the most amazing thing in the world. Not a word. And when I, when I post up on Facebook and when I, when I started talking about this and started saying this is totally unacceptable and we should all be extremely, extremely upset and extremely angry that the government that's supposed to represent all Canadians has abandoned the Jewish community, has abandoned the state of Israel, one of their allies, has advocated and, 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 and stated, I mean, it's clear that they've stated, condemning the Israeli government from pulling these terrorists out of the mosque, that they were saying that they support this kind of terrorism. The Jewish community remained silent. Now, I understand the Federation's not saying anything. That's fine. Federations are, rely on government money. They rely on government relations. We want to be the official spokespeople of the Jewish community, so we have to be uh, lovey-dovey with the government. Okay, I get that. Fine, whatever. 
B'nai B'rith doesn't exist anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's hardly an organization anymore, so I'm not worried about B'nai B'rith either. But where's the grassroots movements? Where are the Jews who care? Why is there so much apathy? What happened to the activist Jew? Now, it's funny that I, that I mentioned this, because back in 1991, maybe even 1990, 1990 or 1991, I wrote a series of articles uh, about what happened, to the, what happened to the activist Jew. What happened to the Jew that would get up and fight for Judaism? Where did they go? What happened to them? We saw it. You saw thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jews who got into the streets to fight for the Russian Jews who were stuck behind the Iron Curtain. We had community leaders jumping up and fighting for that cause. You saw hundreds and thousands of Jews getting involved in organizations like the Jewish Defense League and, and, and other organizations that, that, were, that were designed to, to counter anti-Jewish, anti-Jewish uh, rhetoric and anti-Jewish actions in New York and in, in different cities around the world. And we saw that happen. And then the 1980s came around and, and, and the Russian Jews and the people were protesting for the Russian Jews. And we saw that happen. And then we saw people, not, not as many, get up and protest for Jonathan Pollard and that was fine. And that happened too. And then it just seems like the people, the Jewish community that was, that was active, the Jewish community that, that, that never gave up, that, that got up to fight for all the causes and got up to fight for everybody, just stopped. They just got scared and they just stopped. It's fascinating to me that this happened. And if you take a look, you'll see it. You'll see the, 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 the slow decline. And it, it took a little bit of time, but the, the, the decline of Jews that were willing to get up and fight for a cause. And then it just disappeared. And then any Jew who gets up and fights for a cause is now considered a radical, crazy, and, and a Nazi. You know how many times they've told me? You know how many times I've been told? Howie, Howie, you, you make these statements, you, you make these comments on your show, you talk about this stuff. And you are just, you, you're, you're degrading yourself. You're, you're putting yourself down to the same level as the Jew hater. And I look at it and I say, oh, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't get the conversation. You see, I'm a relatively intelligent guy. I like to think, at least, I'm a relatively intelligent guy. A lot of people will disagree with that. But I like to believe that I'm relatively intelligent. And I like to believe that in my, in my 25 or 30 years experience doing these kind of shows, and, and, and you know, this, this show's been on for 20-odd years, I, I've learned a few things over the years. I've, I understand a few things over the years. And what I understand, and, and the biggest lesson I've learned over this time, in the last 20-odd years I've been doing this show, the biggest lesson I've learned is the fact that the Jewish community, the official Jewish community, the organizations that collect tens of millions of dollars every year are there are self-serving. They're they're just there to serve themselves. Sure, they'll help out the poor and they'll they'll do all sorts of uh, charity work, and that's great. And they should continue doing that, and they should do more of that. But when it comes to serious issues, when it comes to issues that must be dealt with, when it comes to Jew hatred, when it comes to anti-Israel rhetoric, it took fifteen years, almost twenty years to get the federations to do something on campus when Jews were be literally being beaten up on campus. I was literally attacked, physically attacked on a university campus here in Montreal. And when I posted my, 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 my story of the attack, this happened just a few years ago, I was on a university campus and I was attacked, almost physically, physically attacked. 
And when I posted up that I was physically attacked on the university campus, I got calls from, from some Jewish community leaders who called me a liar. They said it never really happened. They said, you're making it up. You're just looking for publicity. And I said, publicity for what? They said, you want to get more listeners on your show. And I looked at them and I said to them, I don't care how many people listen to my show. You don't seem to understand this. I don't make any money with this show. So, so if I have five listeners, I have 500,000 listeners. It's the same thing to me. I'd like people to listen. I, 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 I prefer if people listen to the show, and I know lots and lots and lots of people do. But at the end of the day, it doesn't generate any income for me, so I have no added benefit for adding people for publicity stunts that are going to add people and listeners to the show, for, for sure not. And I've never lied. I mean, I'm not a liar. This is not something I do on a regular basis. So calling me a liar was, 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 was shocking to me. And I thought about it for a minute, and I said, why would they call me a liar? Why, where would this come from? Why would they do this? It doesn't make sense. Here I am, a Jewish guy, who said I was attacked on a university campus, and I was attacked on a university campus. And the community called me a liar. And I was like, all right, I understand. I get it. I, I, it took me a while to figure it out. But the end of the day was, I'm not 19. So they can't raise money with me. It's all about money. So, so if they can't raise money with me and my cause can't raise money, my, my case can't raise them money, they're not interested in my case. That's what it comes down to at the end. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing story. It's an amazing thing. Because I look old, I'm not as old as I look, but if because I look old, they can't use me as a fundraising tool. And since they can't use me as a fundraising tool, my story is not credible. It's mind-blowing, really, when you think about it, but it's true. That's, that's really the way it works. And it's very unfortunate that it works that way, but unfortunately, we've allowed our communities to grow like this. I've said it often, that the Jewish community in North America is dead, and it's dead because of corruption like that. I had a... I had a I had a community leader, at least the guy calls himself a community leader. I, I don't consider him a community leader, but he calls himself a community leader, who called me up and begged me, begged me not to report the attack on me to the authorities at the university. He begged me, please don't report this. Don't report this to campus security. Don't report this to anybody. Don't make a big deal about it. And I, I was brave enough, because I'm not young, to ask him why. Why should I not report this? And his answer to me was, I run a campus organization. If you report it and Jews get scared on campus, it would, be, it would make it very hard for me to fundraise for my campus organization. It was all about the money. I, I wasn't shocked. I'm telling you, I wasn't shocked. It wasn't, it wasn't a huge surprise to me. Over the years, I've come to understand that it all goes around money. It's, it's very upsetting. Because sometimes things should be above money. Sometimes money should not be a factor in the way we, reason, in the way we react to things. So when we know that we're on, we're on the eve right now of the Holocaust Memorial, we're on the eve of Yom HaShoah, 
and we see Jews being killed in the streets of Israel, and we see swastikas being daubed on synagogues in Canada. We have to be afraid. We have to be vigilant. We have to tell our community, watch out and look out and try to, you know, try to keep your eyes on the streets and protect our buildings, protect our communities. Or we have to be proactive and tell ourselves, hey, listen, maybe our welcome in North America has ended and it's time to move on. The Jewish community has moved from country to country. We've been wandering people for, for centuries. Maybe it's time to keep wandering. Maybe our, our, our time in North America, it's obvious that our time in Europe is over. Maybe the time in North America is over. Maybe God gave us Israel simply because our welcome everywhere else was finished. We have to start thinking about it. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know. A lot of people tell me, I don't want to move to Israel. I can't move to Israel. It's too dangerous. It's too dangerous to move to Israel. And uh, I, I disagree uh, wholeheartedly that it's too dangerous to move to Israel. It's not, it's not really true. I think it might be too dangerous to stay in North America. I think we're getting to that point. Jews in New York are being beaten on the streets on a regular basis. Attacks on synagogues. Attacks on cemeteries. Some attacks we don't even hear about, but we know are happening. Rhetoric. White supremacy. I hate that word. It's not true. There is no white supremacy. It doesn't exist. They're, they're just people who hate. They're just haters. Now, I don't think they want whites to be supreme. I think they just dislike everyone else. And so using the term white supremacy has become very political, and I don't, I don't want to deal with, with, with the stupid politics of today. Politics today have become so ridiculously stupid that it's, it's almost impossible to deal with them or deal with their, their verbology. So let's, let's use our own words. These anti-Jewites aren't going away. And because they're not going away, we have to be vigilant. We have to, we have to watch out for ourselves. So that's why, that's why, that's why synagogues have, have, have put in extra security, and that's why we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on, 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 on beefing up security of our Jewish buildings. But should we really be doing that? Is there another alternative? And of course there is. We're just choosing not to, not to use it. And that's the saddest part of this whole commentary, is that we're just choosing not to use it. one 877 is the number to call. Get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. Right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Download our True Talk Radio Network app from your local app store, where you can listen to True Talk Radio and uh, our 24 hours of programming. We have old-time radio all weekend long. We have uh, music. We have uh, talk shows. We have a little bit of everything. Check out the schedule for True Talk Radio on truetalkradio.com. You, of course, could always email me, howie at truetalkradio.com. My email address is public and is always available. You can always email me, howie at truetalkradio.com. All right, so that's it for me today. I want to thank you for joining me, and I will see you again next time right here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Once again, don't forget, visit truetalkradio.com. Check out the schedule for the online streaming radio station. We have tons of shows that air all day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, of course, you can email me, Howie, at truetalkradio.com. Don't forget to download the app, True Talk Radio Network app from your local app store. I'll see you next time.